Hey there, and welcome to the North County Beat. This is a podcast from the Coast News Group dropping every other Friday. My name is Kelly Kyle. I am the producer and the host of this lovely podcast. And this is where we get to dive in, dive into local and regional topics, and we have a little bit of fun along the way. So you're in for a treat today. So I want to kick off this episode as we always do with a few of the week's top stories that are happening right here in North County. Around 1,500 people from all over North County took to the streets last Saturday, January 18th, for the fourth annual North County Women's March. These marches sprung up in 2017 as a response to the inauguration of President Donald Trump, and since then, men, women, and all others have participated in these grassroots marches, both nationally and in their own cities, to speak out against injustice. This year's march involves several community organizations and organizers are calling it a great success. In Carlsbad, three candidates vying for the vacant city council seat in District 1 took center stage on January 20th to answer questions regarding the city's most pressing issues. More than 100 people were present to witness incumbent Cody Schumacher and challengers Simon Angel and Tracy Carmichael speak on issues such as the village and barrio, neighborhood development, homelessness, railroad track trenching, accessory dwelling units, and density. Schumacher said her top three priorities are homelessness, affordable housing, and traffic mitigation. Carmichael, meanwhile, listed public safety, homelessness, and effective government, while Angel said preserving open space, maintaining city character, and managing growth topped his list. The candidates will face off in the special election on March 3rd. An Oceanside resident filed a lawsuit on January 14th against city clerk Zeb Navarro, the registrar of voters, and petitioners who oppose the controversial North River Farms Agrihood development project. The suit, filed by resident Barbara Hazlitt, alleges egregious violations of the California Elections Code and the California Political Reform Act. The lawsuit stems from a petition which received over 10,000 signatures from residents who are in opposition of this council-approved project. That petition, which was filed back in December, will allow a referendum to be placed on this year's ballot, which could potentially overturn the project's approval. The suit alleges that petitioners committed fraud, forgery, and misrepresentation in the signature-gathering process, among other offenses. The lawsuit comes only weeks after Mayor Pete Weiss accused petitioners of forging his own name on the petition, though it was later determined that the signature in question came from another Pete Weiss, a local real estate agent. The project's developer has stated its support of the lawsuit. A beloved art gallery in Del Mar is closing its doors. After 20 years, the Del Mar Art Center Gallery will officially shut down on January 26th. The center was established to host the work of local artists and foster community appreciation for the arts. The Art Center Gallery will go out with a bang at a farewell reception on Saturday, January 25th from 4 to 8 at their location, which is right across from the Del Mar Civic Center. Solana Beach received some national love recently. The website 24-7 Wall Street named the North Coastal Town as number 7 on its list of America's 50 best cities to live in for 2020. Cities across the country received recognition, with 10 of these being located in California. Other places that made the cut include Manhattan Beach, which was number 1, Winnetka, Illinois, Highland Park, Texas, and several others. The website says it chose the top 50 based on affordability, economy, quality of life, and community. As the debate continues over the Marisol Resort project in Del Mar, 
People on all sides of the issue are getting out and about and making their opinions heard. The proposed resort is the center of attention on a March 3rd ballot. If approved, Measure G would rezone Bluffland near Highway 101 and Via de la Valle to allow for commercial development, making way for the project. Those in favor of this measure say it will restore public access to the bluffs by way of the resort. Those opposed are concerned about the impacts that this project could have on the bluffs and on the community. So at a protest this weekend, organized by the grassroots group Save Our Bluffs, or SOB for short, residents were out raising awareness against the project when they had a strange run-in with one pretty well-known resident. Here's some of that encounter, which was posted as a video on the Save Our Bluffs Instagram. Hi, Scott. We actually, um, we already spoke with the city of Del Mar, and he said, Adam Scott, the representative, said we could leave the stuff here. Please do not touch our personal property, Scott Eastwood. Thank you so much. If you could please stop touching our personal property. I spoke with Spencer Gobar, who's one of the voices you heard in that video, and a Save Our Bluffs organizer, to learn more about what exactly happened. So the incident with Scott Eastwood occurred on Sunday, but we started our weekend activities Saturday, had a, a wonderful turnout and interest from the public in Del Mar. We were just out at the plaza around 10, stayed until about 3 or 4 on Saturday, and it was just such a success. The responses from the neighbors and the community wanting to understand what was going on with Measure G and why we were saying vote no. So we went out there again Sunday and did the same thing. We had a little bit more people from our organization, SOB, and some other members um, across other organizations that support our cause out there with banners, signs, just really doing anything in a peaceful and professional and legal, at least everything that we can, uh, fashion to raise awareness on the issue. And so what happened with Scott Eastwood? So I understand he made an appearance. He made an appearance and it certainly was not expected. And uh, I thought everything was kosher with the city. So when I had already wrapped up a conversation with a rep, went to get coffee, came back, and some of my girlfriends are telling me another rep is there and they're halfway done taking off the banner from the streetlight. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Who is this? And, you know, I don't really see his face. And the second he turns around, I'm like, holy cow, what is this guy doing here? That's Clint Eastwood's son. Just like, why Why is he doing this? You recognized him? I did, because my cousin secretly has had an obsession with him for the last <laughs> couple of years. And as a result, I've come to be familiar with the fact that he has interest in the saddle bar here in Solana Beach. And um, I believe some other investments in the North County community. Yeah. So. so then what, um, so was he one of the folks that was taking down the signs? Is that what was going on? He was the primary individual taking down the signs. The other folks were actually my father and a friend of mine who are obviously all against Measure G and they're supporting our cause. And they were just trying to be compliant. They believed him that he was a member of the city, you know, a city official representative here. So of course they're going to say, all right, we're going to help. But he wasn't wearing any of the uniform that the rep I had spoken with was wearing. He didn't have a name tag. It was very clear he was just off the street and had tried to kind of pull a fast one on everyone. 
And it, did he he told your um, your dad and the others that he was with the city? Yes, he said he was a representative from the city. You know, I wasn't present during the initial encounter because, like I said, he was already halfway done dismantling the banner. And had I not had to jerry rig it so in such a convoluted fashion, he probably would have been in and out of there before I even got back. Did he get in touch with your people, or was this just kind of like a really random thing? It was so random. I did not expect at all for him to make an appearance. And still, I think everyone is wondering, what the hell? Because he's had no commentary. I don't think any news source can get a hold of him. Um, It's strange. I don't know what the truth is with respect to his activity. I just want him to understand he needs to care about this community. We reached out to Scott Eastwood's company for comment, but they haven't gotten back to us. The North County beat will go deeper on Marisol and Measure G in our episode in February, so stay tuned and continue to check in with the print edition of the Coast News for updates in the meantime. So before we go on, we'd like to shout out a friend of the Coast News, Pacific Coast Spirits is Oceanside's newest craft distillery and restaurant. You'll enjoy delicious food, fun, and craft spirits at their great location on 404 South Coast Highway 101 in Oceanside. In a city council meeting that went well past midnight on Wednesday, Encinitas approved a $1 lease with the Leech Tag Foundation to host a safe parking lot program for people living in their cars. There has been a lot of criticism on how this project unfolded, and residents are still pretty divided. Some are very supportive of the idea, while others are more concerned. I met with some of the key players and dug a bit deeper into the issue, so here's a look at that. In December 2019, 34-year-old Kay Erickson packed up her things and moved to Encinitas. As a former veteran, she was eager to get involved with the many services offered for military men and women in this area. But when she arrived, Erickson found out that her sublet had an unlocked front door and no lock on her room. I have PTSD and a trauma history that does not work for having an unlocked front door, Um, so it wasn't a good and safe fit. So on Christmas, Erickson found herself unexpectedly homeless. She's using her VA benefits to apply for transitional housing, which she hopes to obtain in a month or so. In the meantime, she's living out of her vehicle, which hasn't been easy or safe. I've had uh, multiple times someone try my door handle in the middle of the night to try and gain access to my vehicle. Um, That's not a really great way to sleep. Kay's experience is not uncommon in the state of California. That's why in a four-to-one vote, the Encinitas City Council approved a 25-spot safe parking lot program operated by Jewish Family Service. The parking lot sits on Saxony Road via the Leech Tag Commons property. In North County, 1,975 people are experiencing homelessness and 354 of them are living in their cars. 51 of those people are in Encinitas, and in 2018, the city declared a shelter crisis to focus on homelessness. We're the first to say that living in a car is not a solution, but we know that in San Diego County, there are uh, at least 9,000 folks that are uh, counted about every year through our annual point in time count, and we know that the number is much higher. That's Michael Hopkins, president of Jewish Family Service in San Diego. The nonprofit operates three other lots in the county. All of their lots have very strict eligibility requirements. Adults are run through the Megan's Law database and the sex offender registry, and they are disqualified for violent crime convictions. If you're selected for the program, you can't be in a camper or an RV. You must be in by 9.30 each evening and out by 7 a.m. the next morning. 
no drugs, no alcohol, and no rowdiness. There are bathrooms, showers, food, and security on site, and each client gets a case manager to help them transition into permanent housing. So far, they've had about 42% of participants get out of homelessness. In some ways, we're, we're stopping the slide. It is obviously way more difficult to get somebody who's been on the streets for years back into permanent housing. And so this is actually a, a bit of a prevention program that if we can address homelessness um, while they still maintain their car, it just is uh, hugely, hugely important to them as individuals and to our community. Hopkins says JFS chose Encinitas because of its government willingness to combat affordable housing challenges and the rising homeless rates. And many residents do support this proposal, calling out a need for the work. Here's Encinitas resident June Hunsberger speaking at the city council meeting on January 22nd. I've been teaching for over 20 years in this school district, and I can tell you I have had a number of students who have been homeless, and there is nothing more heartbreaking or devastating to have a child who is not being taken care of. And the community needs to step up and help them. But not all of the community is on board with this program. A Change.org petition gathered more than 4,000 signatures from people across North County who don't want to see this parking lot happen in this way. That Wednesday city council meeting featured five hours of public comment before the council, who voted to approve that $1 lease with Leech Tag and JFS. The residential location was where things got especially heated. This is resident Mike Renaga speaking at the meeting. I have an elderly mom in this community. I've been here forever. I have family here. I'm sure a lot of us do. I'm super concerned about the safety of this. I'm not against the homeless. I'm against that location. Other residents who spoke at the meeting expressed fear that these potential clients could be criminals or addicts, and they suggested that by inviting these 25 people in, it could open the door to many other homeless individuals flocking to the city. But JFS CEO Michael Hopkins says only 1% of participants are kicked out for bad behavior. The people in the program, he says, aren't there to cause trouble. Most of the adults are still working. They still have a source of income. Um, they're still, you know, participating in, in community. They're going to work. They're taking their kids to school. Another issue that's got residents fired up was one that people on both sides acknowledged at one point. The city kind of messed up. At first, I wasn't necessarily opposed. Um, I didn't know what was going on. Lisa Leslie started that Change.org petition against the lot. She lives right across from the Leech Tag Commons. So while she's concerned that the safe parking lot exists in a residential area, her efforts against it really started as a response to the way that the city council planned the project. Nobody in my neighborhood was notified of anything. I don't know anybody that buys a house and says, I want to live right across the street from a homeless parking lot. That's not being uncompassionate, but I just didn't know. The first two discussions about the lot were held in closed sessions since the council was working out logistics and lease terms. The public descriptions for those meetings were vague, and by the time the matter got to the public session, many details had already been worked out, including the location, which residents weren't happy about. So with that train of thought, I, I'm very disheartened with our city council. Currently, the city is facing a lawsuit from the North County Citizens Coalition over whether they violated the Brown Act by holding those closed sessions the way that they did. At Wednesday's meeting, the city attorney said that they did nothing illegal. There was also another concern that the council was creating a slippery slope by rezoning part of the leech tag land for this parking lot. Some residents were worried about possible development over the agricultural land, 
The council members have also denied this, saying that it is not true. However, council members do admit that they could have handled things better. Looking back, there are, there are things about the process that I wish I personally would have done differently. Deputy Mayor Kelly Hinsey agrees that the process was pretty quick, going public only back in November. JFS had a state grant through the Homeless Emergency Aid Program, or HEAP, to open that safe parking lot in North County with a deadline of December 31st, 2019, hence that urgency. They later got an extension until the end of January, so the city used that time for public input. We've been able to address and make significant changes um, based on what the community has asked for, aside from the location itself. Councilman Tony Cran says he also feels the project was implemented too quickly. In fact, he was the one no vote at Wednesday's meeting. He supports the idea of safe parking, but he wanted to take more time and determine what the best model would be for Encinitas without the restrictions of the HEAP grant. Now, he says, the process has led to a community divide. One of the things that we needed to do was kind of bring the community along, and we didn't lay that foundation. It, you know, we owe it to the community to make sure that when we adopt a program, a safe parking program, that we have uh, done all the necessary research to be sure that it's a, a program that fits our community. Despite this split, the parking lot is happening, with grant money extending through May of 2021. But here's the kicker. The program gets evaluated at the end of its third month. This means that if things aren't going well at that time, there could be changes. Hopkins says JFS also continues to evaluate its own program with staff. Um, at the same time that we're looking at how effective our programs are, we are looking at other models and, um, and seeing if we can learn from them. So until then, Hopkins says JFS wants to do all that they can to make sure that residents understand the program. He encourages people to keep reaching out to JFS with any questions. And if you're still not feeling it, he recommends getting involved. And I think that when groups come in and, and start meeting people individually and start understanding who's in the parking lot, I think that um, hearts and minds will change. Councilman Kranz has mentioned he's been involved with regional discussions about safe parking solutions. So we'll keep you updated on both the one in Encinitas and any other regional developments that might come up on this issue through our coverage here on the North County Beat and the Coast News. That's all we have for you this week on the North County Beat. Keep telling your friends about us. I promise you won't regret it. We are available on all the major podcast platforms. So no excuses. We are so easy to find. And hey, by the way, if you've got something that you're thinking we should look into, make sure you get in touch with the Coast News. You can hit them up on social media or send us an email. All the contact info is on our website. We really want to stay on top of what you're interested in. So please don't hesitate to reach out. So before we go, we've got a couple of thank yous. Contributing reporters Tawny McRae, Bethany Nash, Samantha Nelson, and Steve Paterski. Our editor-in-chief is Abraham Jewett. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. I'm Kelly Kyle. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great weekend, and we will catch you on our next episode, which airs Friday, February 7th. Remember, we're on that bi-weekly schedule now, so check us out wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope to see you soon.